0: This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurr, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, soul to soul, on Friday afternoon, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh a warm welcome to everybody who is joining us today to listen to the broadcast. It's such a pleasure and an honor to have every single one of you on board. I hope you all had a fantastic and successful weekend at Barch things worked out, not only the way the Rabbanir slalom wanted, but also the way you would have liked, also and as repair for another beautiful Shabbos Kodesh Shabbos Kodesh Azria Metzaira already we're in the Kodesh we are working our way towards the Chag which is only about five weeks, five weeks away so they tell a story about Rab Mordechai, Mipinsiv who was one of the great talmidim of the chayza from Lublin, Rav Yaakov Yitzchak Horowitz. And uh, Mordechai in his youth was incredibly poor. And, you know, that uh, really, they could barely put bread on the table. And every time that he was going to go travel to his Rebbe, to Lublin, his wife begged him to please Raise in front of the Rebbe, their terrible, terrible situation, and ask him for some advice or, or, or at least a bracha, that they should be able to uh, have a nice panos and be able to to live to live reasonably. But Rav Mordechai, every time he would be ushered into the room of the Rebbe, would begin a animated conversation in Torah. And in matters of 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 Hasidus. and of course he was elevated he was he was he was incredibly inspired and completely forgot about all of his physical uh, uh issues and and never never raised the issue and you know the the wife uh got a little bit uh irritated by this, and she decided okay she was going to sort it out herself and Decided that she was not going to let her husband travel to Lublin by himself anymore, and next time he went, she tagged along and accompanied him all the way to to Lublin. Because of that, Mordechai changed his tune, and this time, as soon as he walked into the Rebbe's room, straight away he told him about the the the, the dire situation. They were in for such, such a long, such a long time. And the Chayza asked his, 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 uh, his guest, tell me, how come until now you were quiet? How come you never told me about your, your, your situation, your physical situation at home? So, Umar said, look, I, I thought, answered the, the, the Talmud that, uh, first of all, I don't want to bother the Rebbe with all kinds of uh, just physical issues, and uh, also I said to myself, probably the Rebbe already knows what's going on in 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 my house using his Ruach hakadosh, and I didn't have to tell him. So the Choszah smiled, and he said, "You know, in in our Pasha, when we talk about the the various types of tzaras." So there's a, 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 difference in the language of, of the Torah. When we talk about negoyim that are on the, the body of, of a person, it says, Adam, Kiev, or if a person has one of the types of Saras, so the raw coin is nega. The coin sees the nega. In other words, that by negoyim on the person himself, you don't have to tell the coin about what happened, as soon as you come to the coin, Kohen, the coin's gonna see that there's a problem and he'll he'll advise the person what he has to do, whether he's telling or Torah, and now he can fix up a situation. However, when it comes to Nagoin that afflict a person's house, it says that Uba the owner of the house will come, he and he'll tell the coin kinegal I have something that looks like a in, in 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 my house. In other words, the Torah is telling us that when it comes to things that are what's happening in the house, you have to be coin you have to tell the coin in order that the coin should know what's going on and he can come and investigate in order to bring some kind of a a, 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 a remedy. We can't expect our our Abonim, our leaders, our, our our pedagogues, to know what's happening in the innermost areas of our life, unless we actually tell them, and then they're able to 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 help us. We'll be back in a moment with much much more. This is 101.9 one point nine high FM, soul to soul. Don't run away. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on one o one point nine high FM. One, one point nine one point nine FM. So Sol, on your radio here in, in Johannesburg, on Erev Shabbos, Pasha Sazriya "Mitzraya." I hope you had a wonderful Yom Atzimut, Those who celebrated it, and we're getting ready for another beautiful, beautiful Shabbos. This shall be the laws of the Mitzraya. This is the opening salutation of the second of our two Pashas. Mitzahara, and the Torah devotes no less than 115 sukim, which is both Sajriya and Mitzahara together, to the various forms of Tsaras and the purification process that one needs. Clearly, the lengthy focus on Tsaras indicates the significance the Torah extends to that which, unfortunately, is one of the major causes of Tzuras, which is lashnara, evil, slanderous kind of speech. The motzi shemra individual, who uses his tongue to spread and propagate negative information about a fellow Jew, is he's the one who actually becomes. The the uh, the mitzrayim and, and becomes the victim of of tzaras. So thus these Parshis that deal with the tzaras plagues indicate the severity of of lashon Now, interestingly, the only kind of mention in the entire Torah. That actually connects tzoras with lashon is in that famous pasuk in Pashas Kitzei, where the Torah warns us that beware of of, uh, of tzoras, and this posok is right next to the injunction to remember what happened to Miriam Hanavia when she criticized. Her brother, my Shabin. This was not a public slander. Rather, Miriam's concerns over Misha's marriage, which she privately, intimated to none other than her own brother Aaron. Yes, yet this became the the classic example of lashon hara in the Torah. Now, the Rishonim debate. Whether this special warning to remember what happened to Miriam is—is is it in fact an actual mitzvah? saseh, is it a positive mitzvah or just that it's kind of a a good piece of advice, a sound piece of 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 a you know a way to protect oneself from falling into the nebuch into the into the pit into the abyss of of, of lashon Rashi there, views the remembrance as a warning about what can happen if we're not careful. If it could happen to Miriam Hanavia, <laughs> what, what can we possibly say? The Ramban considers it to be a mitzvah, similar to remembering Shabbos, Or remembering to erase the memory of, of Amalek's name. It's a mitzvah that Hashem gave us as a tool in our battle against this terrible scourge of, of evil, of evil speech. Ramban, uh, uh, offers quite a, quite quite a long piece there, quite an extensive commentary concluding by asking how one can surmise that a sin which is, Mordecai says, equal to murder, because you can kill with a slanderous tongue, and that's why it's called literally, like a character assassination. How can that not have a prohibitive mitzvah, a lisa say, or some kind of a a a. a uh at least a lava say or negative derivation from a positive uh, uh, uh mitzvah to underscore its its incredible uh importance. So regarding the Ramban's question as to why there's no explicit prohibition right a say kind of banning one from speaking Lashon Hara so Rav Ayur Le-Haman explains that other prohibitions similarly are not necessarily distinctly expressed in the Torah. As to why Lashon Hara in particular he suggests that the Satan is able to prosecute us only when we transgress an explicit mitzvah in the Torah. The sin of Lashon Hara is so unfortunately so rampant, touching almost everyone. That Hakadosh Baruch Hu had tremendous chesed on us and had pity on us and didn't record it definitively in the Torah, to sort of I don't know maybe diminish the prohibition and therefore undermine uh, 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 Satan's ability to 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 prosecute us. Almost as an aside. Rav Haman wonders what provoked Miriam to speak against or, or even to question Moshe's behavior vis-a-vis his wife. It's not as if she was speaking about, I don't know, just a, a regular member of the of the Jewish community. Moshe was definitely the, the quintessential leader of uh, of uh, of Yisrael. Right? A man who had spent 40 days and 40 nights literally in Shemayim, who regularly spoke with HaKadosh Baruch, Hu. clearly, to question him and express, I don't know, negative feelings concerning his behavior, took extraordinary, you know, sort of a, 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 like a gutsiness, uh, that, that, uh, which one wouldn't even expect from, from Miriam. So, Vaman explains that the situation reverts back to 80 years earlier when Amram, the leader of the Jewish people in Mitzrayim, separated from his wife, Yachavid, as a kind of a preemptive mood so that others would follow his example he kind of conjectured no wife no children no children no jewish babies for paros guards to to drown miriam was then a young girl of 6 years old who stood up to her father with the criticism that his decree was even more unjust than paros whose decree was only against the jewish boys amram's decree would negate the possibility of having children. No boys, no girls, full stop. Amram shared his daughter's views with the Sanhedrin, who agreed, and everybody returned to their respective wives. Now, fast forward 80 years, and Miriam observes what she feels is another injustice this time perpetrated by her distinguished brother, who was now Klael Yisrael's leader. Miriam respected his leadership, but when she felt that the leadership had done something that was perhaps an unsound decision, she spoke up. This time, however, she made a mistake. Her courage was derived from the incident that had taken place 80 years earlier. But things had changed. And the decision which Moshe Abenu as the leader rendered were very different. What was then kind of a righteous indignation was today Lashon Hora. was not Amram and Miriam was no longer a young girl. Today she was in Nabiya. People had changed and and so had the the expect the expectations. We'll be back in a moment. This is one one point nine High FM soul to soul. This is the Friday afternoon broadcast, and we'll be back in a moment with lots, lots more. Incredible, interesting Twitter. Please don't run away. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurr, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul on Friday afternoon, Erev, Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshas, Sazria, as we move forward into the Shabbos, as they're getting earlier. And this week, of course, is quite a technical Parsha, the concept of of uh, of afflictions that come for certain... Various, but I want to share with you today a, a fantastic idea based on on a kliyaker that I think has some relevance to 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 us. In this week's says Yemitzar, "Kadosh completes the discussion regarding the three sort of stranded subject of of uh, of Nagoyim. We learned about human. Afflictions in the beginning of, in the beginning of, of, uh, a Sazriya. We also learned about, uh, uh, lesions or afflictions that appear on garments that, that we actually find towards the end of the first Pasha. As, as you know, it's a double reading this week. Sazriya and, uh, and mitsayra. And in Pasha's, uh, mitsayra, we learn in this week's Pasha, about negoyim, about afflictions that affect a person's dwelling place. As the Torah says that I give you, when you come to Israel, a uh, land I will give you and I will place a affliction upon a house in the land of your, of your possession. So perhaps let's examine Hashem's incredible wonders, which are really designed to arouse a person to perform chuga via the three different categories of Nagoyam which are visited upon a, a sinner, right? Which are the human afflictions appearing on the skin, lesions appearing on garments, and the lesions appearing on the on, uh, on, on dwellings. Now let's begin with the beautiful commentary of the Kliokar, which is in Parsha's, Sazria. if you want to look it up, it's chapter 13, verse 47. He notes, that the three forms of Nagoyim, occur, on three types, of covering, which protect mankind. The Nagoyim occur on the skin, which covers, the human flesh. They occur on garments, which cover the skin. Lastly, they cut on the houses which shelter the entire person as well as the first two coverings, the skin and and the garments. Just to quote a little bit of, of his insights, he says, you should recognize that the three forms of Saras occur on the three things that cover mankind, one within the other. The first layer of covering is the skin covering his flesh. Next are his garments, which cover the skin. Beyond that, uh, 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 these two is is his dwelling, which protects him from rain and any external forces. A person deprived of these coverings is uncovered and exposed. Therefore, skin afflictions are mentioned first, then lesions appearing on garments and finally, lesions appearing on, on the house. So the layers are removed one by one until the person is uncovered and totally e- exposed. Now, according to our Chazal in in, in Rabba, however, the order is actually reversed. Because our Kodesh Baruch Hu doesn't touch the human being directly first. Rather he first visits the affliction on the dwelling. If the person doesn't smell the coffee and do tshuva, then he'll visit afflictions on the person's garments. And if he still fails to perform tshuva, then the afflictions are also visited upon his his body. Now in the Torah, interesting enough, the, the afflictions on the skin are mentioned first because... Baruch Hu starts by warning the person with regard to the harshest and most feared consequences. An example of this is seen by we saw that by Paro, where again, uh, uh where Rashi actually points it out, right? Where in similar fashion, Ameishabenu uh uh for, you know before they even start the Makas. He mentions makas Bocherus. right? We haven't even started yet, but they should know how severe it can possibly it can possibly uh, 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 get, right? So here, yeah, the skin afflictions first to threaten a person with that which he dreads most. But however, in reality, however, Hakadosh Baruch Hu never visits aff- afflictions directly on the human being first, because Hakadosh Baruch Hu's is so merciful and so, and so benevolent. Now the Kilioka teaches us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created man and provided him with three levels of protection. The first layer of protection is the skin, which protects the flesh from the damaging effects of the sun and, and winds. The second layer of protection is a person's garments, which shield the skin from harm. And the third layer, of course, is the has which covers the entire person including the first two, two layers. so therefore when a person sins against HaKadosh Baruch Hu and violates the the mitzvahs of Hashem's Torah so in effect he damages these three coverings designed to protect him therefore as a consequence How Baruch visits upon him three forms of Nagoyim. Firstly, house afflictions, hinting to the fact that he harmed the third layer of protection. If he fails to react by by doing tshuva, HaKadosh Baruch visits lesions on his garments, conveying the message that his second layer of protection is no longer present. If he still fails to perform tshuva, Kaddish Baruch visits upon him human skin afflictions, targeting his first layer of, of defense. At this point, you should realize that he's no longer protected by any of these three coverings. So now, now, what we have to do is try to explain the significance of these three types of covering with which our Kaddish covers mankind. Skin, garments, and dwellings. Furthermore, how do Averis actually damage these three forms of of uh, of, of coverings? So, perhaps we could even add on to the Kriyaka's explanation regarding the three types of Nagoyim, which relate to the three levels of human covering and protection, and let's bring in a comment of the Megala Mukas, where he explains the three types of Nigoim, right, human garment and dwelling, and what he says is that we know man requires the three types of tikkun, the three areas where a person needs to repair himself. He brings the Gemara in Menachos and Mem Gimel which states that Yisrael are so precious, that he surrounds them with mitzvahs. The mitzvah of tefillin affords a person the opportunity for tikkun for the body. Tzitzis affords the possibility of tikkun for his garments. And the mitzvah of mezuzah affords tikkun for one's one's uh one's dwelling place to so just get a little of a comprehension of of what he's saying let's just uh, uh go through the the gemara just we'll just go through we'll just translate it satanabon the, the rabbi's taught in a brisa. kai shall our beloved who has surrounded them with mitzvahs Tefillin upon their heads and tefillin on their arms, tzitzis upon their garments, and a mezuzah upon their doorways. Concerning this, King David said, "Right, seven times a day, I have praised you for your righteous ordinances." And Rashi explains that tefillin Shorosh and tefillin Shayad count as two. Right. Uh, a garment that sits on each of its four corners, that's six, and the mezuzah counts as one. So thus, we arrive at the total of seven. So let's try to explain why Dabba and Melech praised and thanked for specifically these, these mitzvahs. So perhaps we can bring another Gemara and maybe, maybe bring the whole thing together. The Gemara says, Rabbi Lozman Yankov, says that anyone who has tefillin on his head and upon his arm sits upon his garment and a mezuzah upon his doorway so there's a complete assumption that he will not sin because it says right, a three-ply cord is not easily Severed, and it states, "Right, uh, uh, Hashem's Malach encamps around his those, those 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 that fear, and Hashem rescues them." So we see that a person who fulfills these three mitzvahs, tshillin, titzis, and mezuzah, is also protected from from virus. So perhaps now we can understand the statement based on the Rambam. The Rambam says that the Malachim generated by these three mitzvahs, Tzitzvah and Mezuzah, are the ones which guard a person from doing Averis. That's what it seems to say in in the Pasuk. Right? Choyin malach Hashem Hashem's malochim camp around those who fear Hashem. And he, and he rescues them so now we understand why Davon HaMelech expressed his gratitude to Hashem for these three mitzvahs which are composed of seven elements right, when he says I praise you seven times because the malachim generated by these three mitzvahs protect the person from falling into the Yetzirah's net so therefore, a person is then able to fulfill all the mitzvahs of the Torah. Well, the Yetzirah removed and there's no, no temptation. Now he's actually able to do all the mitzvahs. So, perhaps you can go even further. And that's why these mitzvahs have the seven components. Because they're designed to to fight and, and cancel out and nullify the etzaras seven forces of, of Tumma, which is described also in the Gemara in Sukkah, Nunbeis, Shiva, Shemus Yeshlo, Yetzirah, the Yitzhara has seven different names. Now, let's go one step further and try to explain why these three mitzvahs specifically are able to afford a person Protection from doing Averis. So, if we think about it, we'll find that all of the possessions that we have, all our worldly belongings, fall into one of three categories. Number one, so we have the person himself, which includes his body and his soul. Two, his possessions and things which he's bought, which are, let's say, portable, such as his clothing right, you know, etc, and three his immovable property, such as his house and any other any other real estate. now, every person must dedicate these three areas to our country, otherwise he's likely again to fall prey to the to the et right it's due to the Yetzah. Dwelling within a person, which creates the, the lusts and, and, and the whims that people run after in, in, in this world, or due to your money, or, or various other types of, of property, movable and inable. Because the Passoc actually says quite explicitly, be very careful, lest you forget Hakarish your God, by not observing his commandments, right? Lest you eat and be satisfied and you build good houses and settle and your cattle and sheep increase and you increase silver and gold for yourselves and everything that you have will increase and your heart will become haughty and if you want to sign, you'll forget Hashem you got. So therefore, Hashem granted us these three mitzvahs, tefillin, siftez, and mezuzah, whose purpose is to sanctify these three aspects of our existence. The mitzvah of tfilin, which adorns man's body, is aimed at being Makadish at sanctifying his body and making it subservient to Hashem. We, in fact, say this right when we put the, before we put the tefillin. On. We say, right, Hashem, Hashem put, uh, put on our hand, on our hand, as a member of Hashem's outstretched hand, and that he is just by the heart, right, in, 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 order that we should devote, right, our, all our desires and, and, and devote them totally and solely to the service of our Kurdish Baruch. Hu. And we're also commanded to place the Tzilin Upon our heads, right, opposite the brain, so that our soul, our senses, and all of our faculties will all be completely subservient and devoted to our karishporah. Now, the purpose of tzitzis, which is placed on the corners of our garments, is to sanctify one's movable property, one's, all of one's objects. Whereas the mitzvah of mezuzah, is designed to sanctify and dedicate to Hashem our immovable property, our houses. So this explains beautifully why these mitzvahs caused David HaMelech to rejoice and express his gratitude to Hashem with the declaration, Sheva Bayomi Milatichah, seven times a day, I praise you. This also explains why Chazal specifically listed these three mitzvahs when they said, whoever has turned upon his head and, and upon his arm, this upon his garment, and a mezuzah upon his doorway. So there's a complete trust that he will not do others. Because in the process of observing and performing these three mitzvahs, a person effectively sanctifies his body, his portable belongings, and his immovable property. So this is a virtual guarantee. That he will not do our because he has been Makadish and, and, and controlled the entire sphere of his existence as being completely and totally dedicated to, to, uh, to Hashem. And if we are then flawed, right? So the, the says that the three forms of Nagoyim, Hashem sends upon mankind, human, garment, and house afflictions correspond to the three mitzvahs of tefillin, tzitzit, and mezuzah. It's the purpose of these three mitzvahs to sanctify man's body, garments, and dwelling to assure that it will not do any averis. If we see, in fact, that despite the apparent fulfillment of these three mitzvahs, a person sins in one of these three areas, his body, Garment or his house, it's evidence that he has failed to perform these three mitzvahs properly. Indeed, and perhaps in machshavin thought, as a consequence, Hashem visits negayim upon him in these three forms, and that's meant to arouse him to make amends, to do tshuva, and and, and rectify either his body and soul or his garments or his portable belongings. And it's house pending where where the affliction is, so we suggest that this is the reason why all three of these afflictions must be examined by a koin. Only a koin can declare a, a nega tor otame. Additionally, seven day trial period is required to determine the status of the of the of the nega based on what we have kind of discuss so this is the explanation that, that these three forms of negoyim were due to the person's failure to perform these three mitzvahs properly indeed and a to fill on his body tzitz on his garment and a mezuzah on his house therefore the Torah commanded him to show the lesion to the Kayin on duty in the base of Mikdash for he fulfills these mitzvahs properly with his mind and body. Cause we see written about the koinim that koin For the lips of the koin should safeguard knowledge, right? He joins his lips with his seichel to perform the mitzvahs with proper intent. And therefore, this, of You should look for guidance in Torah from, from such a person's mouth. After all, he is a Malach of, 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 of So now we can really appreciate the impact and significance of the kriyaka's commentary. He stated that the three types of Nagoyim are visited on the three types of covering, which protect him. The Nagoyim appear on the skin, which covers the flesh, on garments, which cover the skin, and on dwellings which cover the entire person, as well as the two previous coverings, this con- this coincides so very nicely with the explanation of the Megal mochus. These three coverings encompass all that man needs to rectify in this world. We'll be back in a moment. One one point nine high. soul to soul, don't run away. There's so much more to come. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, soul to soul, back on your radio here on Friday afternoon. Erev Shabbos Kurdish Pasha's Sazuya Mitzvah Rabbi Moshe Schnurb here in the driver's seat, and so glad to have you with us as we spend a bit of time together on Erev Shabbos, talking about the Pasha, getting inspired, getting excited and ready. For the upcoming Shabbos. As we always do at this point on the broadcast. To just give you the important details. The important times that you know. So you can set your focus. And get your energies harnessed. For the coming Shabbos. So this afternoon. The earliest time for lighting up your Shabbos candles. Is about 20 to 5. 20 to 5 already. You can light your Shabbos candles. Get Shabbos going already. Get the energy in, in your house, get the beautiful, beautiful radiance of Shabbos, glowing as one lights the candles and makes the brocha and davens for those that you love, those that you care about, that they should be blessed with health and 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 with wisdom and with all kinds of success to give you such such wonderful wonderful nachas for yourself. The latest time for lighting candles this uh, this afternoon. We'll be at 5.32. It's getting, it's getting considerably earlier every week. Six, seven minutes every single week. 5.32 is, is Lichsen. That's the latest time to get the candles up, which means that Shkia is already at 10 to 6, uh, which means if you want to Davin Meyer at uh at, and not have to repeat the Kriyat Shema. Ten past six, already you can say the Shema and not have to repeat. And then, of course, sit down to a beautiful Shabbos Shabbos meal. Tomorrow is a double, Parsha Parsha Sazria, and Metzaira. And of course, as usual, the Aftara is the Aftara for the second Parsha. The the Parsha of Metzaira, beautiful story of Arba Noshim, the the uh, four. These, the sons of Gehazi and his three sons who were chased away and, and, and the, and the sort of, uh, very interesting story <coughs> that happens with, with, uh, with them. And uh, in the, in the afternoon, of course, we are saying Perk This is really the second of the weeks between, uh, between Pesach and Shavuos So we're going to learn Perik Base this week and take some time. Maybe sit at the me on Shabbos and and take, pull out Perkyovis and read it and and discuss it with the family. Talk about some interesting insights. Talk about something that that you might be able to to uh, to inspire you. Maybe we'll even do that on occasion on the show while we while we're saying Perkyovis. Pick up on an insight in in, in and and learn something learn something uh, 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 together. Shabbos Kodesh this week ends at six twenty one twenty one minutes past six is already. The termination of of of, uh, of of Shabbos, and we go into another beautiful, beautiful week. We are, of course, according to all opinions, now in the period of the of the Sfira of the of the Omer, but <clears throat> there's no no haircuts and 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 no weddings and uh, uh, no no music, and really to 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 think about the, what happened during this time, that the, the students of Rabbi Akiva. All, all die. Twenty four thousand Jews. <laughs> wow! I mean, just that alone, uh, uh, losing twenty four thousand of of our brethren, twenty four thousand, not only of our brethren, of of some of the greatest minds and intellects and and, and characters of of the uh, of the Jewish Jewish nation, was a tremendous, tremendous tragedy and 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 disaster. And and and, and uh, we need to think about it. We need to to use the time. Of, of the Omer to to work on ourselves to improve ourselves to build ourselves up so that we're ready to to stand at the foot of our Sinai in in uh, in five weeks' time and 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 uh, you know prepare to accept to accept the the, the the Torah. I keep talking about five weeks' time. It's actually uh, once the weekend is passed, it's going to be four weeks' time already until 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 Shavos. Well, today is the great day. Today we are actually pressing. Rewind and reset, and we are re-beginning our study of, of Hilchas Hilkas Shabbos. We're going way, way back to the, to the beginning. Mark this date. Mark it down on some calendar. Today being the fourth day of Iyar, in the year, Tafshin Pe Aleph corresponding to the 16th of April. We're starting, we'll see uh, how long it, it takes us to, to get through everything and try to have a clarity, try to understand, try to make sure that we can in some level improve our observance of, of, of Shabbos, upgrade something, maybe learn something new that we didn't know. Maybe we take upon ourselves a certain behavior that we didn't, that we didn't know about until, until now so that our Shabbos can be even more pleasing and even more endearing to, to Akkadish Baruch. Hu. What we're going to dispense with is last time we did a whole introduction to what Shabbos is we're going to leave that we're going to get straight into the into the meat and potatoes of the matter into the actual into the actual halachot of 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 shabbos and of course when you start with shabbos you have to begin before shabbos because shabbos is not a a day in isolation of course a a, a shabbos begins a day before it doesn't really begin six days before on sunday morning you're ready to say, You're ready to start thinking towards, towards Shabbos. And of course, the reality is that the six days of the week and Shabbos are inexorably connected one, one to another. Because in the same way as a human being has a physical body and a neshama and a soul, so too the actual week has also a body and and uh and sham the six weekdays are of the body and, and the Shabbos is the, 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 the soul of the entire week. And in the same way that a a person, a great person, a person who we look up to and respect as being a righteous person is someone whose Neshama and and body work work together. Right, in, in, in total in total kind of a harmony, right, where the, where the goof and, and bali understands that the nishama really is, is the boss and he calls the tunes and, and the body is prepared to carry out the, the dictates of the spiritual nishama and gives the nishama the, the ability to to carry out whatever the neshama uh, uh, wants wants to do, and the body becomes the agent. Then, uh, 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 the the go for for the for the Nishama. So too, if we look at a week I and mean, we want to see a week that is complete, a week that is that is that is uh, achieving its true uh, purpose, is a week with where, where that connection between Shabbos and the days of the week is an, an incredibly close interconnected uh, a, a link that during the week we prepare ourselves both ourselves and and everything we need in the physical world for what's going to be on on shabbos and through that the the days of the week then are themselves elevated and uh, and, and and receive themselves a little bit of of of, of holiness and they're kind of Sustained by, by the Shabbos and, and, and that gives every day its own, its own worth. The, the Gemara says in, uh, in Beitza regarding the great sage Shammai that all the, all, uh, all the, all his days he always ate in honor of Shabbos. What did he do? He would, if he went to the market on Sunday, and he found a very, very nice animal, he would say, oh, I'm putting this aside for Shabbos. If he went later in the week, and he found an even nicer animal, so then he would eat the first one, and leave the newer, nicer one for for Shabbos. In other words, the whole week, he was always eating the less uh, a beautiful food and saving the nicer one for Shabbos because the best he was always keeping for Shabbos therefore it comes out that literally his, his whole life he was eating the covered Shabbos and he was constantly thinking how can I honor Shabbos how can I sanctify Shabbos but the Gemara says "But he had a different attitude and a different approach to it because Hillel the one says, "She called myself the Shem Shemayim. Everything he did was for the sake of heaven, and even during the during the week, he would honor and uh, and uh, and and sanctify Shabbos, as it says, "Baruch Hashem Yoim yoim, And therefore, when he managed to find some nice food during the week, so he would eat it. Because he had a complete and total trust in Akadish Baruch Hu, that in the same way as Hashem had sent him some good food for the weekday, so too Hashem Baruch Hu will send him even something even nicer in in honor of of uh, of Shabbos of Shabbos Kodesh. And therefore, he gave every day a, a covered and gave everyone a, a, a worth that that it was it was as deserving. We'll be back in a moment. This is one 1.9 point nine to soul. And this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, so to so, Friday afternoon here in Johannesburg, on Erev Shabbos, Kurdish, Parshish, Tazria, Metzora. Welcome back to our last little tidbit of time. Together, we're talking about the difference in attitudes of Hillel and Shammai, Towards Er of Shabbos, where Shammai always ate, uh, always bought things for covered Shabbos, and then if he found something nicer, would eat the old thing and and uh, upgrade for Shabbos. While Hillel was on such a level of trust of Akhar Shparukh that what he bought, he would eat, and he was confident that Akhar Shparukh would send him something even better for Shabbos. Now the price can bring down, and even according to Hillel, generally it would be better to conduct oneself like Shammai and and keep the best food for Shabbos. But Hila was on such a high level of trust and and in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he completely relied on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that Hashem would give him the best food for for Shabbos. But for us who are not on such a high level of trust and relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we have to honor the Shabbos And if you find something nice during the week in the shops, buy it and put it aside for, for, for shoppers. Truth is, nowadays, there's, uh, really this, is not even a practical, there's not really a practicality even to this discussion because our shops, Baruch Hashem, there's such an outpouring, there's such a, a huge selection of yummy and beautiful things that's available all the time, every day of, of the week. And there's no reason to, uh, to suspect that if he's gonna have something to eat that's nice, uh, today, he's not gonna be able to find that again in the shops, uh, for Shabbos. <clears throat> and therefore, nowadays, the main approach would be to plan your shopping, plan your, your buying in, in such a way that the food that you buy for Shabbos, you should buy. The nicest food that you're going to eat during the week, you should buy for Shabbos. And in fact, when you buy, when you go shopping and you buy things for Shabbos, you should say, I'm buying this L'Kavit Shabbos, Shabbos Kurdish, And that already is part of the mitzvah of Zohar, Yom Shabbos, the positive aspects of remembering and instilling your whole week with a, with a, with a looking forward to, with a incredible expectancy towards, towards, uh, towards Shabbos. And halacha bring it that one should even taste the food that one's preparing for Shabbos in order to make sure that uh, that it uh, has the right flavor. One of my favorite halachas, you want to taste the food before, before Shabbos and, and to make sure that they are properly fitting to, to add joy to the Shabbos. Speaking of adding joy to the Shabbos, we're about to do that as we run off to get ourselves ready. For Shabbos, remember it's getting early. Shabbos is latest time today is ready five thirty-two. That's just about two and a half hours from now. boys go to it. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. Enjoy it. Spend some time with the family. Spend some time with some svarim. Learn something. Make a make it help yourself to to grow to become a more inspired, more more dedicated jew and please god we look forward to be able to spend a bit of time together next week at the same time on the same channel and in behalf of the whole team here and all of the Chai FM staff we wish you a beautiful warm and enriched shabbat shalom and good shabbos to each and every one of you Bye bye